Hello everyone, this is Dr. Annika Becker here for our episode on Couch Talk. This is a seasonal episode as we get ready for the holidays, the beginning of November, and we've just had Halloween, and Thanksgiving is around the corner, and then Christmas holidays, and we'll have family get-togethers, office parties, um, great amount of abundance of people and food and media and marketing and all the good stress and bad stress that comes with it. So I have invited Dr. Carrie Drizga, an expert in reclaiming our energy. Dr. Carrie Drizga is known internationally as the functional medicine doc, the go-to expert on finding the root causes of health problems so you can feel normal again. She is a chiropractor and a naturopathic doctor. She is the host of the popular podcast, The Functional Medicine Radio Show, and author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again, Fixing the Root Cause of Your Fatigue with Natural Treatments. Dr. Carey is also the creator of Entrepreneurial Fatigue, How to Fuel Your Brain and Body for Entrepreneurial Success. Her private practice is Functional Medicine Ontario, which is located in Ottawa, Ontario. So, Carrie, it is great to have you here with us today. Thank you so much. It's so great to be on your show, Anna. Thank you. Thank you. So let's go ahead and get started with just an introduction more onto your background, how you, um, what led you to write your book and also a bit about your practice. Oh, absolutely. I think that's a great place to start. So I think my journey, like a lot of doctors, comes from a real personal story. And uh, basically, I had decided when I was 15 years in a practice as a chiropractor that I really wanted to go back to school and get another degree to get my naturopathic degree so that I could really fully practice functional medicine. And so I had this big lofty goal. And what that meant was I had to move from Canada back to Chicago for two years to go to school full time. So I was in class like 30 hours a week, plus studying for exams and writing papers and research, all that kind of stuff. And I was flying back and forth to Canada to still maintain my private practice. So it was like the most crazy schedule I've ever done. And about six months into this craziness is when I started feeling fatigued. And I knew it was because of the stress, the physical stress, the mental, emotional stress I was putting on my body. But you know, like a lot of people, I had this goal that I wanted to reach for. And it was like, I thought just short-term pain for long-term gain, just like suck it up. So I got through my uh, program and I graduated with my second degree as a naturopath and passed my board exams, all that kind of stuff. And then I was finally like, okay, now I'm living back in Canada and I just thought, well, I just need to take some time off and uh, my energy will, you know, just come right back. And I was, so I was actually being quite naive about this, Anna, to tell you the truth, which is kind of ridiculous because I'm a doctor but I was also very naive about this. All I need is some rest and I'll be fine. So after a few months of getting, you know, a good nine, 10 hour sleep every night, plus a good two hour nap every day, I tell you my energy did not get better. And so that's what really started me on this journey of trying to figure out my own fatigue that happened, you know, from all this stress that I put my body through and then the the after effects of all of that, trying to figure out my own fatigue in that journey. And uh, during that journey, I figured out that 
well, one of the things that I did, which doctors are not supposed to do, so I kind of broke this rule as I treated myself. And so I, I used functional medicine on myself. I tested my adrenals, tested my cortisol, and that was terrible. And so I started treating that. And I uh, tested my gut and found out that I had a parasite infection. So I was treating that. And then I also decided to go on a gluten-free diet. And every step along the way, I got a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better back to feeling more normal again. So I kind of outline that journey in the book. And I also talk about four other uh, patients, you know, real cases from my private practice, because fatigue can be such a tricky thing to try and figure out. And oftentimes, I will say that the real root cause of fatigue, because that's really what functional medicine is, is about really getting back to the root cause. A lot of times the root cause has to do with stress. So that's an excellent place to start. Let's talk about some of the root causes of stress. So I think for a lot of people, some of the root causes of stress, like the ones that we commonly think of are like the mental, emotional ones, like people that are having a difficulty in their marriage, you know, they're going through a separation or divorce, uh, the illness or death of a loved one people that are going through financial stresses. Of course, you mentioned the stresses of the upcoming holidays. I mean, for a lot of people, that's a positive stress. But for a lot of people also, that's also like a negative stress. They actually do not enjoy the holidays. So I think when we think about stress, we kind of naturally think about those mental, emotional stressors, and we tend to forget about the physical or physiological stressors that we can have stressors happening internally that we don't even know about. So like going back to my example with my case, I had an underlying hidden infection. For me, it was a parasite. And that from an internal perspective is creating stress on the body. And if we're not eating a healthy diet, if we're eating too many inflammatory foods, or if we're eating foods that we have food sensitivities to, food reactions to, and we don't know that, that's also another internal stress in the body. And then uh, the other one that a lot of people suffer with is blood sugar imbalances. So they're either their blood sugar is too high or it's too low or they're like on a blood sugar ro roller coaster. That's another internal stress to the body. So again, we naturally think of mental emotional stresses, but there's a lot that can be going on inside our body that can also fuel the fire, add gasoline to the fire of stress. Yeah, no, absolutely. And those are key. So infections, parasites, mold toxicity, what I'm dealing with now, and certainly as we're exposed to inflammatory foods and some sugary foods too during this holiday season, being able to balance that out. But you know, we talk about the positive stresses too. I mean, even positive stresses, we've got to stay fueled and really reclaim this time period for nurturing and resilience and take part. Like sometimes we feel these activities really stress us too much and we have that sense that we want to withdraw, but that's really a response of stress. But I want to encourage our, our listeners too that the family get togethers, how do we create oxytocin activities during this high time to really balance our stress too? 
So creating that just increase of oxytocin. So let's talk about the things we can do to positively fuel our reserves, positively fill our reserves, so that we've got tremendous amount of resilience during the holidays as well. Oh, I think that's a, I think that's a great point to touch on that. If we can have more positive impacts that we will help drive that oxytocin. And, uh, you know, I think for a lot of people, um, practicing gratitude on a daily basis. So this is nothing new that I'm saying. A lot of other doctors have said this, a lot of other professionals, practicing gratitude on a daily basis, especially through the holidays. And that could be something like, you know, formally having a gratitude journal where you take a few minutes out of your day and you just think of three or five things that you're grateful for. They could be things that have happened or people in your life, Uh, no matter how big or how small, like it could just be, you know, somebody helped, you know, helped you at the store and they just held the door open for you. And, you know, even small things like that can help just with the feeling grateful, feeling gratitude to help boost that oxytocin in our system. And then I think too, a lot of people as they get through the holidays, there's so much busyness going on that we tend to put things like meditation and exercise kind of on the back burner. And I think we have to try and not do that, that through the stress of the holidays, the positive stress that we also want to have an impact on is, you know, continuing our good practices of doing things like exercise and meditation to help, as you said, keep, keep fueling, keep fanning the oxytocin flowing through our body. Yeah, absolutely. And recognizing those good interactions and to allow ourselves that fun time. This is really a time where we should really be um, digging into the fun side of ourselves, the childlike side of ourselves and changing the way we're looking at it. Oh my gosh, we get to celebrate this season versus I have all of these things to do. So I think reframing too, how we think about things, just changing our attitude, looking at the glass half full type of attitude is going to be better and also physiologically helping some of those mental, emotional, relational issues um, of stress, like focusing on the good aspects of our partner or brother or sister and, um, and focusing on that too. So let's talk about some of the, the, you had mentioned the physiologic and internal stressors. So as a functional medicine doc, can you give us an example of a client coming into your practice, especially like at this time of the year, dealing with all that and how you would address them and approach their um, clinical care? Oh, so that's a great question too. And uh, okay, so I'll, I'll give you an example of a patient that Uh, recently came in. So she came in and uh, a lot of patients as they come in to see me in my private practice at Functional Medicine Ontario, a lot of them, you know, one of their um, goals is to just help, you know, better manage their stress because they just feel stressed. And uh, so one of the things that I'll do is, you know, stress um, to different people means different things. And so this one patient, I asked them, well, what do you exactly mean by you know, this stressed feeling, feeling overwhelmed. And so she said, well, I just have this feeling of uh, tension, inner tension, like I'm just anxious, like I just worry all the time. And I said, okay, um, is this, uh, does it 
change depending on what time of the month it is. And so for this particular patient, she is uh, still uh, menstruating and she would say, well, definitely would get worse right before my period. So now I'm thinking, okay, there's a hormonal component to this maybe. And, uh, and then I'd say, do you, would you consider yourself more of an introvert or more of an extrovert? And she's, oh, Dr. Carey, I'm totally an introvert. So as I'm trying to, you know, dig during my history to find some of these clues, when I start seeing these clues like, well, I'm a, I'm a worrier, I feel tension inside, I feel like I have anxiety, I have PMS, I'm an introvert, all of these symptoms, as I put them together, that starts pointing me in the direction of this patient might actually have pyroluria as part of their health problems. And uh, pyroluria is actually a very common cause of feeling tension, stress, worry, even anxiety, even uh, generalized anxiety disorder or social anxiety. So in this particular patient, I gave her a questionnaire for uh, pyroluria to fill in and she scored high on the questionnaire. So that wasn't any surprise to me, but for, uh, for the patient, basically what I did was I said, okay, we can either test you formally for pyroluria or we can just assume by your symptoms and this questionnaire that you probably have pyroluria and we could do a trial of treatment for 30 days and see how you do. So oftentimes I explain like the cost of the test is pretty expensive as compared to the treatment. So why don't we just try the treatment? So the majority of patients are, they're like, yeah, that makes sense. If the treatment is cheaper, let's just try that. And so I saw the patient 30 days later and they just felt so much calmer inside that tension and worry was gone. Um, even they were feeling a little bit more outgoing, if you can even believe that. So um, this particular patient, I do remember them saying that, uh, so one of the questions I'll ask, you know, as far as are you more introverted or are you more extroverted is, when you go to a busy restaurant, do you prefer to be seated near the wall or you, do you prefer to be seated in the middle of all the action? And so this particular patient was like, no, definitely by the wall. I don't want to be around anybody else. It just bothers me. So when this particular patient came back after we started treating her for pyroluria, she actually said, wow, you know, I'm just feeling so much better, so much more, uh, you know, outgoing that, uh, you know, she's calling people that she hasn't called in years. And she's just feeling better able to handle these social situations where she has to interact, you know, with other people, which is hard for introverted people to do. So I know that's kind of a long answer to your question, Anna, but fatigue patients are, and especially stressed patients, they can be very difficult to try and um, figure out where the real root cause of it is. So for this particular patient, it was pyroluria, but not all people kind of fit that, um, fit that profile. So it could be blood sugar imbalance. It could be hidden infections. Sometimes I go down the path of uh, hidden food allergies or food reactions. It really depends on the individual, and that's what makes functional medicine so great. No, absolutely. And let's go back a little bit and talk about pyl pyloria. 
Pyroluria. Yeah, pyroluria is a gen, well, true pyroluria is a genetic mutation where your body has an inability to eliminate uh, pyrols. And the true test for this is a keto pyrol urine test, a simple urine test that can be done. And some of the symptoms of pyroluria, as I've explained already, uh, can include anxiety, uh, irritability, just a general sense of inner tension or inner worry. Um, also, these patients tend to have PMS. They tend, or a history of PMS. Um, sometimes they, they can be overly uh, flexible in their joints. Uh, or, you know, as we would say, is like double jointed for like a slang, uh, a slang description. Oftentimes, uh, we'll see these symptoms running in families as well. And, uh, and the unfortunate thing, Dr. Anna, is with all of the schooling that I've done, you know, I have two medical degrees, I never heard any of my professors talk about pyroluria. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of doctors out there just are not aware of what pyroluria is or, or how to treat it. And so very simply, if I hear my patients say, I'm stressed, I'm anxious, I have inner worry, I'm already, those three things I'm already thinking, man, you might have pyroluria. And actually the treatment is actually very simple. So like I said, with this patient that I spoke about, we kind of weigh the benefits of, you know, the pros and cons of do we do a testing or do we do treatment? In this situation, treatment is far cheaper than running the actual test. Mm -hmm. And often I'll find within two weeks a change in symptoms. So within two weeks, if the patient is getting better, then I know I'm on the right track. So treating pyroluria is actually very simple and can simply just involve adding zinc and adding B6. Those are the key nutrients, and that's usually just the simple point that I start at. And oftentimes I'd say to the patient, let's give it 30 days, see how you respond. But most of the time, within two weeks, if we're on the right track, they feel dramatically different. So that's a little bit about pyroluria. I think that's excellent information. It's not something I studied in medical school as well. It's something that we would just have a quiz or questionnaire in some of my online coaching programs. But so when you're treating, and it's a great point, I don't know if you have a quiz in your book that we can refer them to, if not, we'll post one. But um, what are, what dosages of zinc and B6 would you use? And we want to use the activated for everyone listening, we want to use the activated form of B6. That's right. Yeah, so for zinc, uh, usually what I'll do is I'll dose zinc at about 50, 50 milligrams a day. And uh, I know when, uh, when I interviewed uh, Trudy Scotch, because she is one of the leading experts in pyroluria, she said that the OptiZinc is the best form of zinc. Um, personally, in my practice, I haven't found any different, real difference between OptiZinc and any other form of zinc. So I just tell my patient, just get some zinc. And, uh, but with zinc, I will say, that often zinc can create nausea and upset stomach. So I'll, I'll warn my patients about that and I'll tell them to just start at a low dose and slowly work up to 50 milligrams. So 
the other nutrient is B6. And, and as you were talking, you mentioned about the active form. So for B6, I'm very picky about what kind of vitamin B6 my patients take. And I definitely want them to take the active form of B6, which is called uh, pyridoxal 5-phosphate or P5P for short. And so when you're at the health food store and you're looking for your vitamin B6, you want to turn the bottle around and look at the actual ingredients and make sure on the actual ingredients it says P5P or pyridoxal 5-phosphate. And generally, I dose that at 100 milligrams a day. And I, like I said, th those are the, the two basics where I start at. If I don't see any improvement within the, those 30 days, and I'm still highly suspicious of pyroluria, then what I'll do is on top of that, I'll add in magnesium and evening primrose oil. That's basically the treatment. You know, I think that's it. Like when we think about preparing for our stress through the holidays, I think that we should pretty much suck up on some zinc, B6 in the P5P form and magnesium. I think we, you know, for my clinical practice, when I test red blood cell magnesium, when I've tested that, I have found pretty much everyone to be deficient, every woman over age 35 to be deficient in red, you know, or suboptimal for the red blood cell magnesium. That's different than, I want to let our listeners know that it's different than when we're checking our serum magnesium level. We're actually drawing your, um, the laboratory would actually have to draw a separate tube of blood that would be spun down and frozen to look at the red blood cells. And, um, and that would be a red blood cell magnesium check. So it's important to look at that and optimize your magnesium. But during the holidays, because we are um, forced indoors, there's a lot of different constraints, we're not outside as much, and then there's just a busyness, a, um, a energetic busyness about the holidays that it's not a bad idea for us all to do. And I just have to add in here, my Vita Serene product, which I call my herbal Xanax, is a blessing for many of us during the holidays. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and if I can just add in one more thing, Dr. Anna, is that you know how there's such uh, an increase in uh, colds and flus and upper respiratory infections right after the holidays too, that using some of these simple things like zinc and magnesium and B6 can really help just keep your immune system a little bit stronger through that period of time as well. Yes, yeah, so what other things? I was saying the zinc and the mm -hmm. B6 and yeah. the magnesium, as well as using it through the holidays to just kind of keep your stress, you know, stress levels a little bit more under control. It can also just help with keeping the immune system a little bit stronger to help prevent that, you know, post-holiday uh, upper respiratory tract infection. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then, again, like the armamentarium, let's talk about that. What needs to be in our medicine cabinet during the holidays? So the, <laughs> the, the, the B6, right, the magnesium. Uh, what else would you add in there? Um, so Herbal for Xanax. <laughs> yeah, and if we're talking about also immune boosting, I, I always make sure my patients are taking vitamin D at the dose that's appropriate for them to get their vitamin D levels between, well, in Canada, we use different uh, measurements. In Canada, it's 125 to 250 nanomoles per liter. And I believe in the US, the equivalent would be between 50 and 100. 
So vitamin D, vitamin C is also a good one. And then for a lot of patients, I'll have them take some kind of a herbal uh, form of immune support. So one simple herb that can be used is astragalus. So we know from research that astragalus helps boost natural killer cells, which basically means it helps boost white blood cells. And we also know from research that astragalus is a potent antiviral so that if you do happen to come down with a cold virus or a flu virus, um, you know, we, we know this from learning this in medical school, but a lot of lay people don't realize that you will have a virus active in your body for anywhere between three to six days before you even feel your first symptom hit you. So being on a, something like a stragless as a preventative measure, even if you do come down with a virus, being on the astragalus preventatively will help uh, treat that viral infection. Maybe you won't even get sick. I mean, that's really the hope. Or if you do get sick, that your illness is um, doesn't last as long as the average person would, you know, that's not really taking care of themselves. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's a really good point. Um, certain things to mention too, I think what else is in my cabinet is, you know, definitely boosting the immune support with the zinc, the magnesium, the extra, you know, um, activated forms of B vitamins. And the vitamin D, when we want vitamin, when we take vitamin D, we need to take vitamin K with it. So DK combinations are the best or make sure you're taking an added supplement of K2, the MK7 form. And, and because we always teach that when we take vitamin D, it says deposit calcium, vitamin K says where. And so we want to make sure that, that we're appropriately getting that metabolism of vitamin D also, especially since we're not outside, we're not getting as much sunlight as well. Astralagus has been excellent in reducing the duration of flu, as well as, like you said, immune support. So having that on during this holidays, especially if, if we get sick during the holidays regularly, um, I'm thinking too, urinary infections during the holidays. So vitamin C, 4,000 milligrams a day, also to, for that immune support is great to stave off those urinary infections as well as support your immune system. And then, you know, a good healthy protein and and do our best to, to get a good night's sleep, for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> sleep is so important, as you know, and I'm sure you've preached it to your listeners many times, the importance of sleep, which is harder to do during the holidays. I do admit that. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So let's talk about, um, about your book and, and some of the um, keys, also how people can get your book and where they can find out more about you too, Dr. Carey. Oh, okay. So in my book, so like I said, I, I do talk about my own personal journey with fatigue and four real cases from my private practice to give the readers an idea that fatigue can be complicated, so there's no like set protocol to treat fatigue. It can be complicated because there's many different reasons people have fatigue. It can sometimes be like a needle in a haystack trying to, you know, figure out the, the puzzle. And uh, in the book, I go through 10, 10, 10, 10. I go through 10, uh, through 10. No, I'm getting an no, echo. I'm getting That's an weird. Echo. That's weird. Mm, it sounds good. Okay. Okay. 
Okay, so I go through 10 of the uh, 14 fatigue factors is what I call them. And so I'll, I'll just kind of tell you them in order. At the top of the list is anemia and thyroid problems. So anybody out there that has fatigue absolutely should be checked for anemia and thyroid problems first off. Um, but I do find that most patients, you know, they have their blood work done, everything comes back, you know, normal. And, uh, and you know, kind of their doctor, you know, often kind of, you know, gives them the shoulder shrug of like, oh, maybe you're just, you know, you're just too stressed and you need a vacation. Or maybe you need like three months off of work because you're starting a burnout or maybe we should just start you on antidepressants and patients are, you know, they're, they're very proactive. They're like, no, something is wrong. And I want to know what's wrong, not just, you know, take antidepressants. So uh, apart from anemia and thyroid problems, I also explain about cortisol imbalance and blood sugar imbalance, uh, nutrient deficiencies. And in my book, I do talk about the big ones being uh, that I see vitamin D and magnesium and uh, B12 and iron. And then uh, chronic infections, as I was talking about with my own case, a hidden parasite infection or even a low-grade uh, yeast overgrowth in the gut or pathogenic bacteria, even uh, SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, they all kind of fit into that category of chronic infections. And you could very easily have fatigue and have a chronic infection as the cause of your fatigue but not have any digestive upset. And then I also talk about food allergies and sensitivities. And then last in the book is what I talk about is uh, brain imbalance, that there can be neurotransmitter imbalances in the brain that can also promote fatigue. So I kind of go through all of that information in the book in a way that is very easy to read and easy to understand. So it's not full of the, you know, technical doctory language that a lot of books, you know, have. And so I guess as feedback from readers, I, I've gotten that, that they just feel like they really understand it. And, and because they understand it, uh, they, they have a certain amount of empowerment, you know, to, to look further into their case and, you know, to get help and to really, you know, get healthy again. So first half of the book is about that. And then the second half is about, you know, talking about the basic things that anybody can do to help setting a good foundation for health. So we, we go back to the basics, things that a lot of people have already spoken about. So I'm not inventing the, the wheel on the second half of the book where we're talking about, you know, a good uh, healthy diet that's anti-inflammatory, um, getting good sleep, uh, getting good stress management, doing things like, of course, exercise, and uh, and of course, making sure we're well hydrated. I think those are, you know, all of those basic lifestyle things. So I talk about all of that stuff in the book, and of course, the book is available on my website at drcarry.com, which is spelled D-R-C-A-R-R-I. And the book is also available on Amazon. Hello, Anna. Are you still there? I can't hear you. Sorry, I had accidentally muted myself. Okay. So, so that's at Dr. Carey, D-R-C-A-R-R-I, right? Dot com? Yes. Yeah, that's correct. 
Perfect. Okay, great. Well, I thank you so much for spending your time with us during this easy early holiday season. And I thank you for all you're doing and your great book. I want to recommend our readers to your book. So visit drcarry.com and take a look at that. Um, recommended reading for sure for my book club. And I look forward to hearing your comments below. Please share this interview. Great information here. Fill up your um, medicine cabinet with some good armamentarium, but it doesn't, as, as Dr. Carey has said, it, it doesn't take the place of good food, good sleep, good lifestyle choices, and good friends and family. So enjoy the holidays, and thank you, Dr. Carey, for being with us today. Thank you so much, Dr. Anna, for having me on. It's been a pleasure.